The views expressed in our episode are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Catfish Cops. It has been a few minutes, right? Yeah. Hey, welcome. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, well, Happy New Year. It's been a yeah. minute. We've uh, been traipsing around doing teaching and letting you hear from the conference. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the conference stuff. Uh, like, that yeah. was a lot of interviews done and kind of carried us through the fall um i think we uh you know owe everybody uh, an apology because you know we did we pushed out a bunch of stuff from the conference and then we mistakenly i thought i had pushed it all out but i didn't and then we had kind of a gap between um something being loaded up and thank you to the listeners who let us know which was um quite <laughs> where, a few <laughs> where, where's the new episodes well and and yeah. understand like when there's a gap it's not because we're saying like you know oh well we just won't mess with it this week uh it is like we have tried to schedule a time to get together outside of life and sickness and yeah and work and all that stuff to do episodes particularly like some of the case studies cuz while we understand the interviews are really educational, some of them are, I mean, most of them are just genius and interesting, but the case studies are kind of the, the, the crooks, the thing that keeps people interested and, yeah. and kind of seeing some of the stuff that's going on. Um, but the gaps are hopefully us creating more case studies because yeah, for we sure. are working. Yeah. And uh, sickness did play a big role. Like I, we both, I think, have come down with uh, um, on the I tail everyone, end of something, yeah. but it's all over state of old Texas has lost its mind with weather and co-co-weed uh, or whatever's co-flu or the, yeah flu and co-flu yeah it's co, a combination of lid lid yeah my mom my wife my mom my wife calls it the man cold when I have it because I think I'm gonna die and she's like I do every day with these kind of things so I, yeah I mean I just think that's men in general we we don't uh we, we don't, don't do sickness we don't well sick well no typically not so we've been talking about like what have we been doing, what have we been um, uh, working on, and kind of the side stuff. Um, and besides podcasts, besides work, we're also trying to start the legislative stuff up again. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, you know, from where we left off, which I think we consider a win because we made it as far as we did in such a short amount of time, but. Uh, we are quickly realizing, we're early, yeah, right? we're starting early, but we're quickly realizing the the hurdles to get over, and it's it's not just like, oh, hey, we're going to pick this back up and keep going. There's a whole yeah new it, role, you know, players involved and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so we are learning. Well, you're seeing it. You're seeing politics every day, right? So politics. Yeah. Um, that's why we're not good at it because we don't 
know it and we don't live in it. Um, we're also doing a lot of teaching stuff coming up. So, yeah, yeah we've been to some cool places. We just got to do a, uh, a first time for us. We got to do a, a full class of nothing but military personnel, which was, um, really cool. It was like a full circle moment for me to go back to that, which from where I came, you know, that's what kicked off my whole career. So that was a pretty interesting, I thought. Yeah. Without, uh, the and we've got a whole bunch coming up where, um, we're just traveling to teach other law enforcement. We've got, um, some conferences coming up. If you are at a conference, stop and say, Hey, um, if you are yeah. going to conferences or, you know, want to hear something specific, we're trying to just throw in as much as, as we can so that we keep, um, this on the forefront. I just, you know, I was just telling someone the other day, they were like, you know, every time I hear you talk, it's always like talking about this issue. And I said, yeah, well, <laughs> well, we're trying to end it. So we spend our, you know, every waking moment talking about it because, yeah, I mean, really the the biggest thing is just keeping it at the forefront of, of people's minds. It's got to be relevant all the time. Yeah. So there's no, nothing else really to talk about. Believe it or not, we do have somewhat normal lives outside of this. <laughs> we don't talk about it all the time. We, but we do Yeah. like when you bring up work stuff, we're going to bring up yep. this issue because that's something that like, there are too many things that people get up in arms about. And then it's, you know, two seconds of up in arms and we're really mad about it for a minute and a half. And then we go on to the next thing. And that's, this is not something we believe is that. We do have some very cool trips uh, planned in the near future. We've, uh, we've got a few different states we'll be hitting this year for 2023. We've been in, we kind of have a bucket list uh, training that's coming up that a bucket list for, I know for me. Um, and, and I think for Brandon, but, uh, we got invited to go do some training in Alaska, which man, I'm so pumped. I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. Um, Now I don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to jinx us. I want, we want to go to that one. Yeah. Um, so So, we got all sorts of stuff you are seeing. We've got some, we got a whole bunch of people who have joined us on Facebook and Instagram. mm -hmm. We get messages from people through our email a lot, um, or through our, um, our website contact. So where can they contact us if they want to reach out to us, Tony? Well, you can send us an email. That's probably more than likely the simplest and easiest way to get the quickest response. And that's uh, catfishcops catfishcops5.0 at Gmail. Um, that's more than likely. Um, or you can go to our website yeah, you because can go our to website web- contact goes to our email. That's true. That's easy. That's www.catfishcops.com. And on that site, you'll see a resources link. Um, I know we kind of plug it at the end of our episodes, but it's a one-stop shop. If you've never been to the site and you have questions about third-party applications or security settings or just in general need some resources that are free, please go hit that up. Um, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. And then if you send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, we try to answer that. Some of those get lost in the weeds because there are moving parts on the back end that we, we miss some. So we try to respond to those. Uh, and if you ask a question or send a request or something that's like, oh, we're going to talk about that in the future, we may 
postpone the answer or it may just not be something that's feasible at the time. Why are we saying all this? Because we have learned that as we go, we have new people joining in. We have, you know, old people that have have been with us from the start. Old people, people who have been with <laughs> us me. from the beginning. No, I don't mean old. I mean, people have been with us from the beginning of this. We've got people that have just come on and like we literally heard from someone today that was like, I've been binging all of your episodes. Um, I just found you guys. So it's one of those like, hey, every once in a while, we want to make sure the new listeners know, hey, what is this all about? Right. So we are a podcast that is telling true stories of law enforcement trying to catch predators who prey on children online we are educating the public hopefully or we are attempting our best to educate the public in this issue and to make sure that everyone out there knows this is a prolific problem and these are the ways we want to try and solve it Uh, and then we want to keep you guys you know entertained just enough that you can listen to our stupidity and keep coming back to help us do that again (laughs) and again absolutely absolutely part of that Fun starts right now. Tony, tell us what we're talking about today. Yeah, today is going to be a traveler case that I worked, and this went back to 2012. I I kind of jumped back into the archives of my um, cases to kind of see. The one thing that I guess the listeners don't know is, you know, well, I think our all of our listeners know we give a, a different name to our suspect. And we did that in this case. Uh, but when we have them all kind of like laid out in, um, in the format for us to upload them, you know, for the listeners to hear, like we tend to forget which ones we've done case studies on. So it's, it's one of those like, Oh, this would be a great one. And then I have to kind of go through and I don't, I don't have a real good way yet i probably should develop one to know just at a glance like no we can't do that when we've already done it yeah because in full transparency i asked him yesterday hey have we talked about this case of mine yeah and he said yeah we have and i said are you sure because i thought we had but i don't think we have yet yeah what what's i think blurs lines is that you know when we go do trainings and and yeah, talk to cops why. we talk to we about- talk about cases all the time and so i guess that was in my mind like yeah i'm pretty sure we've done that and then i I yeah. went and finally researched it's because we have done it when we yeah. train cops. Right. We've done this case study. But uh, what's – and I know I'm going to apologize to to one of Tony's close relatives that I'm going to stop <laughs> us and, and spend a second just defining terms. Um, I'm sorry, and I won't name you, but I'm sorry. I, I try and stop <laughs> us every once in a while to define terms because some of our new listeners who haven't been with us from the beginning don't know what we're meaning when we say certain things. So, Tony, what's a traveler case? Traveler, someone who has the intent to go from one place or location to another location for the purposes of a uh, sexual encounter. Yeah, so it's that, <clears throat> it's that person who goes to meet a kid. Yep, that's the one. So this one goes back to 2012. This was... Uh, a pretty interesting one, I thought, and I think you'll see the title of this episode is The Road Well Traveled. And the name that I have uh, randomly generated for this person is Alexander Fisher. Alex Fisher. Alex Fisher. Is there some significance to that? or No, I just wanted oh. to make sure I say Alex because that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to call him Alexander. Oh, yeah, no. no. And most of the time, you're, we're, I'm just going to call him Fisher, um, which is... Uh, pretty accurate. So in regards to this, uh, this particular case, this actually started from a real victim. 
Um, there was a child back in 2012, 14-year-old female, who got an, a friend request on a social media site, and she just accepted it. Doesn't know who it is, just basically clicked it. Yes, I like this and this person, and why that's probably not a smart thing to do, right? Why is that not a smart thing <laughs> to do? Well, I mean, that happens, like, from from our experience, like, kids are really doing that, Yeah, where they're accepting friend requests from people they've never met before, and they don't know. I, I don't want to limit it to only kids, though, because... I know adults that do that, and then we see scams and phishing attacks and things like that that come out of yep. it, right? Where Absolutely. it's like, where it's like, oh, I accepted a friend request from someone I didn't know, and now my account's been hacked. Or what's what you know, a big thing on on particularly that platform is you know, like, hey, I I've already got you as a friend, but I got another friend request from you, and it's right. because someone else clicked on someone, and now you're now you're hacked. hacked. So and and then you're frantically trying to um, you know get your account passwords changed you're frantically trying to figure out if you have you know double verification in place or any sort of authentication so for the record uh, we are strong advocates of not just blindly (laughs) accepting friend requests so and i mean on the flip side i don't think i'm giving away anything here but the bad guys sometimes accept friend requests too from random people so that that is beneficial in our world yeah well again we catch the low hanging fruit pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know that that's ever going to change, but for that, I'm grateful. Uh, so in the regards to this case, this particular real child had accepted a private message from this Mr. Fisher. And this was in April of, um, 2012. Now <clears throat> out of fairness, this is kind of a chat heavy case. And so in typical fashion, I will give Brandon the option of whether he wants to be Mr. Fisher or the undercover, which was me. I'll be the undercover because you, you, be you know Mr. Fisher, so you, okay. can, you can better represent his, his malintents. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to kick this off. It's going to start with a little bit of chat, and then we'll have a little uh, talk about it. And I know you guys love this chat. That's I know. Right. You, I mean, we try and include it now because, gosh, people eat this stuff up, yeah. um, particularly hearing me squirm as I read it. So let's go. <laughs> well, now I guess I'll be doing the squirm and if you, you flip the rolls on me, but, and I apologize for my voice. Like I said, I, I was sick about a month ago and it's uh, slowly been affected by all this cough and nah, allergies and whatnot. So let's give you an idea of who Mr. Fisher is. I say, and, and this is uh, as it began, it said, Hey, this is Alex and mentions the, uh, the site. And me, so I'm undercover. Who this? Who's this? <laughs> oh, yeah, hi. Uh, put my name, Alex, under your number if you like. Ha, huh, okay. So what girl do you know that'll want $100? Um, for what? So at, at this point, like very quickly you can tell, this is like within the first four or five lines of communications, Mr. Fisher opts to send a picture. And remember, this is 2012 in the era of flip phones, um, which you know, is what it is. The The title of the picture was called Untitled. And this juvenile female, real juvenile female, received this picture, which depicted a female naked with her genitalia exposed and being penetrated by a male. Are you desperate or something? Uh, how can you find one? Because I know you got a lot of girl you know and in school. Nah, I don't. Nah, on what? I'd be in your area sometime tomorrow, so find one. Fine for what? Uh, 
Now, to note, one thing we don't want to do, right? Obviously, this child did the right thing. She reported this to her parents, and thankfully. Yeah, like, okay, so as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, she's not being forward or anything like she's not going along with it very well she's sort of like what the what what's going on in your mind it yeah he's being very pushy right oh yeah offering the hundred bucks and you know hey i'll be up in your area and all these kind of things and there was some more uh, communications that i just didn't include here because they did get a little bit crazy but she did go and tell her mom like hey mom i don't know who this guy is and this is some of the stuff that he's doing and this is what he sent this image is what he sent and so mom did what mom should do, which is call the police, not take over the account, not do something like that, not respond, not wipe threaten it. the guy or wipe the phone or any of the other things that we know do take place. So she called the cops. And so it gets to me. I have a conversation with um, the parents. I have a conversation with the child. And I did what we have talked about a couple of times, right? We've talked about takeovers. Uh-huh. Yeah, And why we don't like them, typically. Typically why they're not great for us. But what do we want to, to remind you why we don't like takeovers, meaning that we don't like taking over the account of a real kid because we never know how much has really been given away by the kid. We don't know how much information has been done. You know, typically kids aren't lying about what happens abuse-wise. Right. But they will lie about something that they think they might get in trouble for. And so... Typically, like we worry that when we take over, we don't know everything that's gone on and all of the places and things that have been said or all of the the information because the kids probably trying to protect themselves from getting in trouble for something. Yeah. And so we don't want to put a real kid in danger. And that's why we don't try to take over accounts very often. Right. Correct. And so with this particular one, there was I was fairly confident that uh, there was what I had just read to you and what I had seen was all that had taken place. And that's not always the case if something's been going on for an extended period of time. But in this instance, I got permission from this child's parents to take over the account. And so I was able to then access Fisher's account. And, you know, again, we tend to get the bottom feeders in a lot of these. Uh, He had a lot of personal information on his personal page. I was actually able to get his full name, his actual birthday, his actual phone number, because he had all of it publicly available on his site. Because he wanted to come meet this real kid the next day, yeah, right? Like the next that's day. something he was planning to make a yep. make a move. And he was originally from Oklahoma. I mean, I gleaned all that from his page. Um, I did run him for a driver's license, obviously, here in Texas, but I couldn't find anything. So um, what does a listener take away from this? You don't want to have all of that information on your own social media, right? Note to self. Yeah. I mean, like, but how many people, I I mean, it's not a slam against anyone. Like you, you don't even think about stuff until you think about it. And one of the things that we talk to people about all the time is like how much information they're inadvertently giving away. Yep. Think of how many people in the grocery store or in the bank or whatever, you're out in public and you're hearing a phone call. Exactly. And personal information has been discussed being discussed like think of how much info we give away all the time inadvertently Uh, that's the truth right um obviously when i do a takeover account and we get the the viable information you know from his page and we begin this process to identify him that includes you know issuing legal process that we are allowed to do because of the offense that we have 
already witnessed. And so where we're going to pick up now is um, where I took over. Those first initial chats were the actual child who was talking, but this now is going to be me as the child and uh, Mr. Fisher, obviously, and we'll continue the role where Brandon could be me. So I am now the undercover again. You there? Yeah, fixing to pawn my phone. What? Yeah, I'm here. You find one yet? One what? You know, a girl. You know. Think so. If you're serious, right? Yep, I'm for real. Okay. How old is she? I'm 14. Is that all right? Yeah, that's cool. Will she wear a short skirt? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fixing to pawn my phone for three days, but I'll get it back out. I guess I can give you her phone number and you can ask. Will she wear a mini skirt? Will she let me put my dick in her area? Yeah, he's really he's, is nah. that is that <laughs> really? Oh, oh whoa, whoa, wait, let's just you know how Tony normal. Oh, let's just right, see I'm the role reversal it. because Tony always looks at me when I'm like, "Really, are we going to read this?" And he's like, "Yeah, people, people got to understand that." And so here we go. This is yeah. This gave me a this gave me a flashback to a total side note. Right, we had a brand new detective, and uh, she came into the unit, and you know we're kind of explaining things to her and we were talking about the forensic interview process and um, and how it's important that you use the words that the kids used and you know making yeah, they, sure yeah. in the forensic interview in just the in case interview. you didn't know that the they the interviewers always use the kid the or the words yeah. the kids use <coughs> that way it's it's what they're talking about is what they're talking about right and so in this one particular interview, this very sentence, and then I'm going to read it. He says, will she let me put my dick in her pussy? And that actually happened at an actual forensic interview where a little kid, you know, said this. And uh, I saw the, the new detective writing the notes and writes that down. And, but the notes they wrote down said, will she let me put my D in her P? Just a big capital D <laughs> and a big capital P. And so after it was over, we had this conversation about, are you planning to, are you going to try to, are you going to spell this out in the report? Are you going to say what the words are? Uh, but uh, they were, they were just very embarrassed, <laughs> I guess, you know, like, can yeah. I do that? Can I say that? Can I put that in there? Well, you know, I just, I mean, let's take the only reason I called attention to this <laughs> is because usually it's Tony giving me crap about the fact that I won't read it as it's written. <laughs> And I'm always like, oh, we're not going to say that, right? And then now, <laughs> this time, he completely changed the word. He completely, to, to her area. That is not what was written, her area. So why do we do this? Okay. Let, let me come back to why it's important. <laughs> we're not after the shock factor. Although at this point, you know. Too late. After this far in, you've probably been a little shocked. But, like, hey, what should you realize about this? This guy thinks he's talking to and was at one point talking to a a real teen like young child and they have no problem talking this way to a kid no none at all none like at he's all. sending a picture of it happening and then talking about it with a real kid and so sometimes we see the adults shy away oh my gosh that's offensive yeah. and it's like great i want you to be offended by the fact that a real adult would talk to a real kid this way so that yep. you get pissed off enough that you want to stop it. So That's true. All right. Soapbox aside, Tony, read that line again and tell <laughs> us what it says. Will she wear her miniskirt? Will she let me put my dick in her pussy? I don't know. 
Okay, that's fine. Does she got a pick? I'm sure. Does she know about me? Yeah, I told her. Cool. What's she say? She's down if you're serious. Okay, cool. What's her number? He gives the number. Her name is, and we'll redact that. We won't tell you her name. Yeah, I'm for real. Real how and where how and where will she want to go and where we don't get caught. I don't know. Ask her, goofball. <laughs> okay, I will. She's texting now. Cool. Send a pic of your tits, too. No, fuck you. <laughs> you know you'll be back. Uh, you know you'll be okay with me. I'm a very good, sweet person. <laughs> and doesn't he sound like it? You know that you're a sweet person when you got to make sure you tell everyone how sweet you are. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Can I put my dick in, dick in, dick in your pussy? And the, this is you writing this. Eat shit and die, asshole. <laughs> Pause for a station identification break. <laughs> On one level. Eat shit I, and, and this die, is asshole. In, this is in 2012. I wasn't even in the game for the for pure entertainment at that point. I, I, was, I was dead serious. <laughs> I don't think anyone listening's upset that you told him to eat shit and die, asshole. So he says, you want to try it? You want to watch or what? Um, no. Yeah, you'll watch. She want me to fuck her tight pussy and pop her cherry. I don't know. Will you like that? No. Will you have your legs wide open and your thong pulled down? Hell no. You sure? I love that. Will you do it? I'm not going to do nothing. Really? Are you for real? Are you? Will you finger your pussy too? Nope. Will you sit on the same bed close by us? Hell no. Leave me alone. Will you suck my dick while I'm eating her pussy? You really are fucking crazy, right? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm about there to the pawn shop. I'll stop texting. My phone will be out. <laughs> this is the best response so far. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you didn't get it the last time, can I fuck your pussy too? <laughs> Jump off a bridge, please. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> That's not what he said. He said, send my pick to your friend because my pick not going to her phone. You mean the weenie pick you sent me? <laughs> I, I want to pound both pussies. Not going to happen, loser. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just stop here for a second. No. Let's, just, yeah, let's, just, let's just highlight something. Oh, okay. Who, <laughs> who, who is pushing this narrative forward? It, it's not the kid, right? It's not the kid. It is Clearly absolutely not. not the kid. It is the guy. And <coughs> like, I, I'm just, we beat this horse every time we, we talk about these, but like, think about, it's not Tony. The cops aren't involved. This is some 12 or 13 year old. And this guy is, you know, whatever, 30s, 40s, whatever. And he's now having this talk with your 12-year-old kid, and you have no clue about it. They're in their room having yeah. what you think is playing on social media or whatever, and they're having this conversation. That should be terrifying to a parent. Like yeah. it, It's terrifying to me to think about my kids or your kids sitting in their room having a conversation with a grown adult. Right. Like this. Especially like this, right? Yeah. And so, I mean... Uh, there is, I mean, there's some entertainment here, particularly watching Tony cry as he reads this stuff was... because yeah, this guy's a special kind of person, but think about like, had he not done the takeover, had he not intervened, yeah. this real kid, you know, maybe the real kid 
doesn't. Maybe the real kid gives information and he comes over and takes her. We've seen and, that, right? Well, yeah. And th- not only that, but just think about the, you know, we just talked about people having too much information on their social media pages and kids are no different. You know, they inherently have like school logos on their clothing or like yeah. a sports pick of That's why I say this name. is this is an abduction waiting to happen. Yep. And absolutely. those are real life things. I mean, there's there's one very famous I mean, uh, we've discussed at length the Carly Ryan Foundation situation. Exactly. What happened to Carly and then you talk about other kids that that's happened to and so. Yep. All right. So now your takeover becomes your undercover investigation and yep. you kind of take over going forward. Yep. So here we go. Your friend gave me your number. Yeah, she told me. You got a pic of you so I can see? Yeah, do you? I'm 35. Is that okay? Yeah, if you're cool, it won't hurt me. Good. How old are you? I'm 14, if that's cool. Yeah, I got a pic. Where's yours? So a profile pic gets sent um, from the undercover to him. And he responds, I'm good. I don't hurt girls. I'm a loving person. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. Can I put my dick in your pussy? Um, I, I don't know. I send you my pick. I didn't get it. I sent it. Okay, thank your, you. Your friend want me to pop her cherry. She told me. I got an eight-inch dick. Will it hurt? Sounds like it will. You sure? Will you moan? Or he said he said scare. <laughs> I don't know that he... Uh, what do you mean? I mean, then he says, scarm. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Will you moan or scream? Scream. Oh, like there you go. Okay. Oh, now I get it because you're... <laughs> get it. Use your words, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds legit. <laughs> Use your words, he told him. I'm here now. I'll tell you later when I get my phone back out. I love you, babe. <laughs> oh, wow. We've gone from... That to love yeah. in in two seconds flat. Yeah, right. So uh, obviously the the communications happen once the the phone is pulled. Right. Yeah, because there's a small break for the phone while it's in pawn. <coughs> yes, there is. Um, there's a brief period of time where he has to pawn his phone. We will get into this a little bit later as to you why. mean life decisions aren't his best <laughs> best, his best asset. <laughs> So several days later now, remember this started, I think, on the 12th of April. We're down around the 25th of April now where he reaches back out. Text me when you can. (laughs) My phone's out of pawn now. I'm at the Dallas Zoo in Oak Cliff waiting on the train. Where are you going? To the West End. Oh, what's over there? I'm going to donate. Donate what? To donate. Donate what? I don't understand. So I can get some money. I thought you might have been kidding. Plasma. I get $20 today, and I can go again and get 35 on Saturday. Oh, man. Lucky. Can I do that? Nope. I don't donate plaza. I get paid doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't do- I donate plasma. Oh. <laughs> plaza. Uh, wow. Right now, I'm just waiting on the bus to the train station. Cool. You can't. Ha- you can't. You have to be 18, and up then you can. Dang it. Yep. Will you be my boyfriend? Your boyfriend? Are you a girl, silly? What grade are you in, sweetie? He doesn't even acknowledge that. (laughs) (laughs) And she tells him she's in middle school. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm a male. I mean a girlfriend. Well, duh. Okay. So, clearly, Mr. Fisher is the bottom of the gene pool (laughs) on most levels, as you can probably take into account at this point. uh, I don't know why he's talking to a child. (laughs) I mean... I can't imagine he's not a 
prize catch for all of the women his age, you know, what with his pawning his phone, going to donate plasma and talking like a complete idiot. <laughs> right. So as this sort of progresses, he's pretty adamant that we have a meeting in person for sex the following day. And um, so that's kind of where the next little portion of this conversation now it's I've already seen. I'm, shocker! I'm I'm looking ahead. I see the line coming up um, that Tony's about to read, and <laughs> I apologize for it. Uh, no, just joking. the The thing about it is, like, this is not uncommon. The oh, thing no. he's about to tell you, I mean, I was just told six months ago. So, yeah. like, this is a common thing that we get told in this in this line. So, and and I guess I should preface by saying. Uh, part of his arrangement to meet, as he's already let you know, um, you know, he's waiting on the train to get to the bus station to take a bus. And so his his method of transportation is the train system, the bus system, right? And um, so be forewarned. That's why this episode is called The Road Well Traveled. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. This is him again. This is, this is Fisher. I don't have any condom. Can I just pull out before I come? Ford. Um, is that safe? Like I can't get pregnant or something. Can you meet me at the train station when I get close so I don't get lost, baby? Well, I'll be in class heading home. The train station's down the street, but this bus that's there stops close by my place, I think. Yeah, it's safe long as I don't come in you. You're not going to get me in trouble, are you? Make sure the cop don't find out, babe, for me. How would that happen? Maybe we shouldn't if you don't want to get in trouble. Uh, are there anyone watch you go in and out of the apartment, babe? Because I don't want to be seen me going into your apartment. Nah, it's small and most everyone works during the day. Oh, you will not get in trouble, babe. I still want to. Okay. If you want to, that's cool. Are there anyone watching to see you see who go in or out of your apartment? No, it's in the back. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, you sure? Yeah, sure. I want to. Okay. So not, not where I could be seen. So it's safe. Right. Okay, babe. I got to the West End to catch the blue line. All right. Let me know when you're on the train. I'm going to go to class and get ready. Cool. Can you have your miniskirt on and your tank top <laughs> on so it'd be easier? He likes that miniskirt thing. <laughs> and you're accommodating. You say, uh, okay. So you're not going to put your thong on? I'm in class. Okay, babe. Okay. What time you be done with your class? I get out at 1030, so I'll be Done by four ten forty five and ready for you. I guess let me just know when you get on the train or the bus or whatever heading my way. Uh, when you let me in, hold my hand and pull me to your room. Okay. Okay, babe. What time will your mom be home? Probably two. I think she has work this morning. When you sit on your bed, have your legs wide open for me, babe. Okay, cool. So we got time. Oh, yes. I'm on the green line. I'm headed to the West End. <laughs> this is nine o'clock in the morning now. He adds further. I'm on the train now. I'm headed your way. It's now 943. Eight more and I'll be there. <laughs> Eight more. Eight more. Stops. Lo- stops on the way. <laughs> and, but, th- but it, you know, in between travel schedule, he has yeah. to throw in, what's the next one? What size are your tits? <laughs> <laughs> and I got to go pawn my I gotta phone. I got to go pawn my phone again. Oh. Okay. Uh, I say, so then he says, what you got on, babe? What are you asking for? Silly, what do you have on? My cutoff shirt, a blue blue jeans, and black shoes. I got 10 minutes, and I'm going to be at the station. I'll be at the station at the next stop. I just got here. It's 10-16. Cutoff oh. shirt, blue <laughs> jeans, and black shoes. <laughs> yeah. 
Velcro, I'm assuming. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just lost Tony. Oh, like, that was great. Think about <laughs> Just think about from what you're listening to. And, you know, you listen to like true crime or serial killers and like there's always <laughs> right. a fantasy aspect. You know, in a lot of times the serial killers talk about how the fantasy and the real acts didn't live up to it. Right. The, it's clear he's got this fantasy of what he's going to do to you. Yeah. And you, thankfully you, it didn't live up to it. Yeah. So his very last line says, I'm walking now. Can you meet me halfway? This is 1029 in the morning. So from this point, just, you know, I'm not giving away any sort of tactics, obviously, but we have expressed before that when we set up for one of these types of operations and someone who is coming to show up to have a sexual encounter with a child, it is not um, the easiest of things to plan. It's not like you're just sitting there by yourself and walk up and arrest him. Correct. You know, we have a lot of people, we have a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts. There's always our, our worry or concern that we're being watched by the bad guy or some affiliate of the bad guy and whatnot. What Um, did, what did he happen to bring with him? (laughs) So in regards to where we had designated the meeting place, which he set, uh, we and because the fact that he was walking a pretty pretty lengthy way to get there, we generally had to move our location, <laughs> and so logistically that was a little bit difficult. Uh, but we did intercept him, um, which would be technically like the halfway point at which he requested uh, between where he was walking and where we were going, and so we took him down at a convenience store. Now he had multiple documents. He had a driver's license. He had the the pass for the, the the bus and the trains. He had his plasma visa card. A plasma visa card. I guess he's a frequent donator. Apparently, uh, a bunch of papers. He had his, his real name on all of his stuff. Um, he brought a Kodak Easy Share camera. Well, what? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Apparently, to memorialize this this yeah, event. Lovely. That's just lovely. Um, and so generally he, you know, was interviewed as we always do. He confessed to everything, all the communications. He even confessed that, yes, I was going to pay, you know, the original kid a hundred bucks, which by the way, he did not have. (laughs) Uh, He was going to pay for for sex acts. Yeah. For sex acts. Yeah. So the, the original real kid was going to get paid a hundred bucks to do something. You were just going to do it for free. I was going to do it for free. Apparently. (laughs) Now, I want to mention this part of it because it comes into play later. And I, I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way as Brandon shakes his head in, in like, I can't believe you're going to talk about this. But I think it's important. So this guy, Mr. Fisher, had a very, very significant hearing loss. And he was born that way. Now, I think he grew up and was misjudged quite a bit because of the hearing loss, which was untreated. He didn't wear, you know, any kind of devices or anything like that. So as a result, his voice sounded like someone who is very hard of hearing. Which we're not going to imitate because that would be insensitive to people who are listening. At some point, I'm going to give you some example of that regardless, because it played a role in the, in the end result of this. Right. And so Please don't be offended. 
I'm just you're gonna be offended. I, the Brandon nobody's gonna Brandon, Brandon, Brandon can be offended. That's okay. You no, can no, be I'm offended, not offended for it. I've just been against this. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it anyway because this is what really happened. We proceeded through the process. He was indicted federally for this charge, for this case, and he actually pled guilty to it. And so just so you understand the differences as we do state cases versus federal cases, we've kind of talked about this off and on in the in the process. It's a very different um, set of rules and things that have to take place on the federal side. And one of those is this. When you take a suspect into custody on the federal level, they are uh, taken to the U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals hold them through this process of hearings and different kinds of things. Now, the strange part to me is that you as the agent, you as the case agent or the primary person who filed the case— you're responsible for getting the prisoner to court yeah. for these appearances, which seems weird to me because you go to the courthouse to where the marshals are. You sign out that prisoner from the marshals. You take them to the court and then you give them to the marshals. This is very different from <laughs> yeah. our state cases. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Very different. So the state side, we make an arrest. They right. get held in county until... You know, the, they either bond out or their case goes forward. And it's all kind of like done sort of away from us. Yeah. The federal side, we're much more, there's much more involved from the, in the beginning of getting the person to initial appearance and arraignment. And I just thought it's detention. weird that you go pick them up at the marshals to take them a few floors down and give them to the marshals. I just thought. Well, because they're not technically in their custody. They're in our custody. And yeah. we are. So yeah, that's, it's a big difference. And now, and it, it's like, it is. It takes a little bit to get used to for someone who works right. on the state side, and the feds just uh, like that's it's, normal for it's them. What yeah. they deal with, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So it was a little different. I mean, I had done it before, but this uh, with this particular case, I remember I go up to the marshals and I I get him and they bring him out. They put him in a cell, but I notice he had gotten a haircut, and the thing that struck me was like. They don't have a barbershop at the U.S. Marshals. So I'm thinking, well, how did that happen? And yep. so yep. he got a haircut while in custody. Yeah. Yeah. He huh. had a haircut. And so I kind of mentioned to him and I was like, hey, dude, you got a you got a haircut. And he starts laughing really loud. And he's like, yeah, some guys held me down and, and made me get one. And I'm thinking like, what? And I go, man, you look like Lyle Lovett. And he's like <laughs> laughing, right? He's like hysterically laughing. And he's like. Then he looks dead at me. He's like, who's Lyle Lovett? And I said, what? And I kind of look at him. I go, you know, the, the guy that was married to Julia Roberts. And he starts laughing, dude. He's like, ah, ha, ha. I mean, he is cracking up. And then he looks dead at me. He goes, who's Julia Roberts? <laughs> I'm like. So you, you actually made mention up above <coughs> that he talks about his hearing loss. And since he sounds different because of it. Like people believe him to be, you know, slow or right. or special needs or something, but he he was very quick to tell you, yeah, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. During the interview with him, it was one of the first things he mentioned about how, you know, I've had this struggle with my voice the whole time, and it's because I have this very bad hearing loss. And he said, but um, you know, he has a hard time getting a job, and people misjudge him and think that he's on the spectrum somehow, or he's you know diminished capacity or something. But he made it very clear that, no, he's not. He just he just sounds that way. And so we go through the process, uh, pick him up. We take him down. 
and uh, turn him over to the marshals. And, and this is a sentencing hearing, really, is what we're there for, because he's already pled guilty. And so as we're there and I give him back over to the marshals, I, I kind of step out to speak to the, um, the U.S. attorney as we're kind of getting ready for things. And so we go into the hallway area and at this hearing, it's one of the things, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, we've talked a little bit about victim impact and things like that, but um, in a trial where there's a real victim, especially on the Fed side, the victim or their designee has the right to address the court and address the defendant. And so the mother of the original child in this case, who um, didn't speak any English, was there at court to make this presentation to the judge of whatever she wanted to talk about. And so the U.S. attorney had arranged for an interpreter to come in and, you know, kind of go over things. And so we're all sort of standing there in the hallway, kind of meeting everybody and what's going to take place. And then the mom of that victim started talking to the interpreter. And, uh, you know, I kind of hear some things going on down the hall. And so as I look up and I look down the hall, there is a person walking towards me who is equal to my size, um, six, two and, you know, 700 pounds. Um, no, I'm not 700, but I'm not far. And this person is ginormous, right? Walking towards me wearing blue jeans that are tucked into a pair of very, very worn cowboy boots, a white tank top, which is covered by an unbuttoned flannel shirt with, it looks like the sleeves have been ripped off because it's all sort of frayed, you know, not not cut off, not cut off. Like literally like in the parking lot, Hey, rip this off for me. And as I look at the person, they have the exact same haircut as Mr. Fisher, only it's more mullet in the back, you know, party in the front, mullet in the back. And as the person gets closer to me, I realize this just from the case and how I worked it up. I realize this is Fisher's mom walking towards me. And I, I, I just can't stop staring. It's, it was almost like a car accident. Like you just can't avert your eyes. Like, like, you, like you were strangely attracted to her. No, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, oh, okay. You know, it was, I'm sorry. I was bewildered that I was like, wow, wow. Very different. It's a character. Yeah. And so. And what is she there for? Well, it turns out she's there to testify as a character witness for her son. Yeah. And I get, uh, what's the nice way to say it? I get uh, tickled. I get a little chuckle going and I'm, I'm <laughs> holding it back the best that I can. Now this happens to us quite frequently where we yeah. say something under our breath or think something and then. <laughs> and as you know, the more you try not to laugh, the more you will laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I now I, ha- I have my hand actually over my f- mouth, physically over my mouth and squeezing my nose and mouth to, to not like have an audible laugh. And the Fisher's mom is just sort of glaring at me, like obviously very aware that I am about to bust out. And I look at the AUSA who is staring at me with the burning sensation of lasers firing through my <laughs> very being like, like stop, yeah, like, you know, like control yourself. But I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. Well, anyway, long story short, she, mom goes in, 
we end up getting together. Um, I look over before we go into the courtroom, I look at the interpreter who's doing exactly what I'm doing, holding her face and nose to prevent herself from cracking up. And so into the courtroom we go. And um, as we do this, the AUSA and the defense attorney have some kind of little sidebar conversation thing about whatever. And in the federal system, another change from the state system is when you're the case agent, when you're the lead detective, you sit at the table with the prosecutor, which we do not do, um, you know, in a state case. So she tells me, hey, this is where you're sitting. Here's your book, you know, of the whole case. You know, do what you're told when you're told. And um, she comes in and tells me, hey, mom's not going to testify now because apparently she's got a pretty considerable history of her own that was going to become you know, a credibility issue for the court or which was going to be brought out. And so in we go, right? Now, the judge takes the stand and the judge is aware of Mr. Fisher's hearing impairment. And so literally the judge is yelling into the microphone, Mr. Fisher, and talking quite slowly, do you require a sign language interpreter like screaming into the microphone and the judge, you know, Mr. Fisher is standing there with his attorney. He's like, no judge. And the judge is like, Mr. Fisher, are you able to hear me and understand me? And he's like, yes, judge. (laughs) And and I am losing it. I'm losing it. We're children. We're children. (laughs) And so, The prosecutor then kind of steps up to say, you know, hey, your honor, you know, just to make the court aware, blah, blah, blah. We do have a victim impact statement being issued by the mother of a child. And she's a Spanish speaker only. And but we do have this interpreter who's here. And we've already discussed this with. And the victim impact statements are are compelling. Like that, it is like this is what you've done to a child. Yeah. And that is I mean, they are something if you if you ever are in court when one of these cases goes forward to hear what a kid has gone through. I mean, it's terrible. I and mean, we've talked a lot about, um, and maybe we should just do an episode about like CSAM and what we know about the, the victims of, of this offense and how, right. how long and, and terrible it is impacting them. Yeah, so. absolutely. So she, you know, the U the U S attorney makes the judge aware of this and the court aware of this. And so the judge who is, that it's a Spanish speaking victim impact statement. Right. And there's, going to be an interpretation. Correct. And so the judge who is still yelling now at the, at the prosecutor sort of, okay, thank you for that information. (laughs) Like really loud. And then she goes, huh, wait a minute, Mr. Fisher, do you speak Spanish? Like really loud (laughs) and kind of draws it out the Spanish, like Spanish speaker. (laughs) And and he's like, no judge. And I'm literally I have my head down. I have my entire face in my hand and I am doing everything in my power to not laugh out loud. And And I can can actually hear (laughs) what the AUSA is going to say to you. Yes. In the tone she she would say it. She, the AUSA who is literally standing next to me leans down and turns her head. So like I can see her face and I can see the anger like As, a like a mom to a child. Yeah. I can picture this. This and is she a mother. She whispers down in my ear and says, 
this is not the fourth grade. Get it together right now. <laughs> like literally just in my ear. <laughs> oh, and bravo. Bravo to her. She is. That is so yeah, awesome. It was, it was, it was something. And I have to tell you, I, I have never been so close in my entire law enforcement career, 34 years total to contempt of court, to contempt of court than I was that day, because I did not think I was going to be able to hold it together. And so the judge who now figures out, Oh, I don't need to yell anymore. So she's like, so let me understand what you're asking. The government's telling me that this Spanish speaking victim is going to make a statement, which is going to be read in Spanish to the court, but interpreted into English by the interpreter on the record to a defendant who's hearing impaired but does not speak Spanish and defense counsel, you understand all of this and you're okay with this. And he's like, yes, we completely understand. We're, we're prepared to move forward. Thank like you for no big yelling deal. at me. Yeah. And so she's like, all right, let's get it on. Let's do this. And so at the end of the day, uh, the sentencing happened. The victim impact statement was terrible, you know, to see a mother on a stand crying and, you know, passionate and scared and yeah i mean it was terrible and um at the end of the day the judge gave mr fisher seven and a half years in federal custody which is surprising because yeah. usually 10 is the minimum right usually 10 and so there were some um i don't i don't know what you call it downward Mitig departure kind of things mitigating mitigating things that you know that's that's not for me to comment or talk about because it has nothing really to do with you anything we do. You don't make that decision. Yeah, we don't we do not do that. So um, I looked him up on the federal website just to see, and it shows that he, in order for this to show this way, it shows absconded on September 22nd of 2020. Which means um, he's still gone. He's gone. Yeah. So he How got did, out or, or did something or escaped. I don't know. <laughs> Either escaped or maybe under supervised release. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, because I would think supervised release, he's not um, followed it or something. But that means, he's man, in if the you're out there listening and and this guy sounds like someone you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, may, you may need to turn him in. <laughs> oh, man. It was, a, it was comical uh, in the sense of uh, just how it sort of played out, what a circus it was. So um, we do. You know what? We tell people this all the time. You've got to find the humor in what we do. And I we do. we look for the humor in what we do, where we can find it in inappropriate ways, not inappropriate ways, hopefully. But right. it's if you don't laugh, you'll yeah. cry. So yeah, that that this is something that um we tell these stories, you know, out of out of a hopefully an abundance of caution <laughs> of making you aware, but also there's a little bit of comedic value to some of these stories in the end. And That's you know true. what? We wouldn't make fun of someone who's not a predator of children. So, And that he is. And so the takeaway I think we have for this episode really is you should never question the resolve of an offender because clearly if they have a propensity to meet a child for sex, they're going to do this they no will. matter what. And they Fisher will. is prime example. On a phone, yeah. ride a train. Give plasma. Ride a bus <laughs> and walk miles. Yeah. Two buses, get. a train, and then walking uh, in order to fulfill his desire to engage in this sex act with a child. And uh, it was a very interesting, fun takedown. I um, I have a... <laughs> He's still telling the story. Yeah, it was... Ten years later. Was, 
it was it's 10 years this has been 10 years it was so fun though it really was so if you know where mr fisher's whereabouts are <laughs> maybe we need to put his real name and fit picture out so that people since he's absconded we could we need to but we'll contact america's most wanted <laughs> right hey so, john walsh we need you we need your help <laughs> thank you for listening join us at catfishcops.com email us at catfishcops5 dot zero at gmail.com go to our facebook page our instagram page or anywhere else that you can find us join us at any conference um, come up and say hi to us when we're teaching somewhere uh, and send us your questions your responses we're going to talk about a, a listener's question probably next episode so yeah for sure thank you for hanging with us uh, and listening to the road well traveled. <laughs> Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Catfish Cops podcast, brought to you by Brandon Poor and Tony Godwin. For additional information and available resources, please visit our website, www.catfishcops.com, and click on the resources link. 